It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. Ah, one of those voices you heard in there, the great Merrill Reese. You're going to be hearing a lot of that voice this coming season and a lot of those highlights. That team is going to... That is probably the ultimate boom or bust team of 2022. So much expected in the NFC East from the Philadelphia Eagles. Will they rise to the expectations that have been set by not only their own fans and local media on our sister station that you can listen to on the Odyssey app, WIP 94.1 FM, but around the league? I mean, Chris, they they shocked everyone by not only being better than a five- or six-win team, they made the playoffs last season, and then this year they've gone out and fortified – their roster uh, substantially via the draft and free agency and trades. It's been an incredibly aggressive Howie Roseman realizing, hey, you know, we, we, we knocked on Destiny's door last year, but now we got a shot here because there are some that feel the Packers have stepped back a little bit, but I caution you, I caution you, Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson seem mm-hmm. to have – something developing there in green bay i'm just i'm just saying if you if you're still if you haven't completed your fantasy drafts out there you might want to spend a ninth or tenth round selection on christian watson you know who the loudon county rich and famous drafted last night in the russell and medhurst fantasy draft christian watson Christian Watson. Okay, that's a that's a very shrewd. I don't remember pick. what round I picked him. Uh, I'm trying to uh, I'm I'm trying to uh, get that right now, but uh, ESPN is uh, is kind of locking up very for me here. Shrewd pick, my friend. It may not necessarily be right away, but I think as the season goes along, they are going to be a significant. I agree. Combination. I agree. There are some that feel because of the offensive line injuries that Tampa Bay might come back to the pack a little bit. That's a popular choice for Super Bowl because it's Tom Brady mm-hmm. uh, in the NFC as well. But based on what the Eagles have done, and we'll start here uh, on the NFC side, uh, the Eagles are the team with the great expectations uh, in the not only the NFC East, but Chris. There are some that believe they can run through. Uh, the NFC. What say you about the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East? Listen, I I think the Eagles, as we've talked about, have the best team on paper in the division. You mentioned the aggressiveness of how, you know, in some ways they remind me of sort of how the Washington approached last offseason. They had a surprise run the year before that. Uh, They weren't very close against Tampa. They got blown out in Tampa. That game was not good. That game was not close. They knew they needed major upgrades on the defensive side uh, and in general. Um, But yet they were very aggressive adding uh, A.J. Brown, uh, adding um, uh, um, uh, James Bradbury, uh, adding Hassan Reddick, the safety they got, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from uh, New Orleans, last week via the trade. They were very aggressive this offseason. Just because you were aggressive does not mean you are going to be good. Does not mean you are going to be good 
great, very good, somewhere in between. Again, we found that out with the Washington Commanders last year. The Commanders thought, hey, we had a surprise run. We were competitive with Tampa. We're going to get William Jackson III, the best cornerback on the market. We're going to get Curtis Samuel, top five receiver on the free agent market, and somebody we like, versatility, this, that, and the other thing. We're not going to go all the way in at quarterback. We're going to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one-year $10 million deal. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. The division is ours. Everybody's right. And the best laid plans went week one against the Chargers with Fitzpatrick getting squashed like a bug. And then on top of that, Antonio Gibson fumbling deep in his own territory, and they lose a close four-point game. And they barely got out of the Giants game in week two Thursday night football. So in a lot of ways, the Philadelphia Eagles remind me of how Washington kind of approached last offseason. And Washington this offseason has taken on, as we know, a much more conservative careful approach something that a lot of fans and media forget about that Washington was very aggressive last year and sort of similar to how Philadelphia operated this year but Pete it all comes down to doesn't it yes health yes it there's no doubt they're better on the defensive end they should be Darius Slay James Bradbury uh Chancey Gardner-Johnson um Hassan Reddick that Hargrove on the defensive line uh, Fletcher Cox still getting um, uh, Jason. Um, um, help me, uh, Jason Kelsey. N- no, 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 no. The uh, uh, the the defensive end from Tennessee, Jason Barnett. Not Jason Barnett. Uh, not Jason Barrett. He runs Derek Sports Barnett. Radio. There you go. <laughs> ah, my brain just sometimes works so fast. It's okay. Getting him back. Getting uh, um, uh, Vinny um, Curry back. Uh, I, I want to keep. Calling him Vinny Iyer, I don't know. I, I I mix all these names. Too many damn names to remember. Getting all these guys back, they are going to be way better on defense. I know they're going to be better at receiver when you when you factor in AJ Brown over uh, Jalen Rager, right? I, I got it. We know they can run the ball, and part of that is the quarterback. The question becomes: Is can the quarterback elevate himself to being a good passer? Nobody needs him to be great. Nobody needs him to be awesome. Nobody needs him to be elite. Nobody needs him to throw for 5,000 yards. But Jalen Hurts has got to take the big step forward for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I, think, he, I think he doesn't. I think he still is a mystery machine at the end of this year. And when I say mystery machine, I mean 3,600 yards, 20 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a little bit higher in every category than he was last year, maybe a 63% completion rate, that type of thing, maybe a rating around 90. And ultimately, they fall short in a big spot, probably the playoffs, because of that. And But yet, all things considered, I do like the Eagles – and I don't know how anybody doesn't like the Eagles, even though they go against a better record, uh, a better schedule uh, this year. It's not like they went against a cake schedule last year. They still had the AFC West opponents. They didn't have the first place opponents that the Washington Commanders had. I understand that. They still had the AFC West opponents, which is now and maybe was last year the best division in football. 
I, I look, I, I've made no bones about it. I think if this club stays healthy, and I believe the additions of Bradbury, and here's my one concern. My one concern is that C.J. Gardner-Johnson does something stupid in a close game to cost them 15 yards against a good opponent, and it ends up backfiring on them because that guy's got an attitude and a temper that he can't control. I mean, he just he doesn't control it. I mean, you, you, he, he will talk to you, and he may draw 15 yards against you, but he may also get 15 yards against himself. Uh, during the course of the season. Otherwise, that group, question ultimately is how deep are they, okay? They, depth-wise on the offensive line, if you incur a serious injury, we know what can happen there. Uh, you know, Kelsey's got a great backup. Looks like the young player is going to be great uh, that follows in his footsteps. But as long as Jason Kelsey's on that offensive line, they have leadership. They have that continuity. They have that glue guy that makes it happen up there uh, for the number one run game in the league. Uh, throughout the course of the year. I love Sanders. I love Gainwell. I think the running game is going to remain strong uh, for Philadelphia. And Jalen Hurts, look, Jalen Hurts cares. Jalen Hurts cares about winning. Jalen Hurts is focused. He's a guy that wants to get better. He doesn't talk. He's not boastful. And he's just a guy that, you know, for lack of a better term, gives an S about what's going on there. And I think that calm demeanor from him, kind, kind of unassuming demeanor, is perfect for the team and the city that he plays in. And this is a guy that handled a transition from Alabama. Uh, You know, all the controversy with Tua, he handled it with class, dignity, played awesome when he had to come in in relief and save their bacon, and then went to Oklahoma, got into a different system, and flourished and looked fantastic in that as well. I think there will be a continued step forward for Jalen Hurts. Now, how much of it is a step? You know, we'll see. Uh, only he'll be able to determine that. But I believe you'll get a better version of Jalen Hurts uh, this year because I believe the player has the physical skills and they'll want to to get better. I don't think his ego is going to supersede his ability uh, there with Philadelphia, and I like that uh, as the player. Love the addition of A.J. Brown. Again, don't expect A.J. Brown to be this 10-11 catch, 125, 130-yard guy because they may not just they may not throw it enough for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be able to throw it even more efficiently with that strong run game. And, Chris, you know when you can be – there's a difference between trying to be balanced. In other words, we're just going to stuff our fullback into the line because we got to keep the defense honest and having legitimate balance. Yeah. They have legitimate balance. They have balance. balance. You're right. They are one of the few teams in a league that have legitimate balance and can beat you in both aspects of the game. They're also a team that can – you know, people talk about, well, the short passing game is better and more effective or just as effective than the run game. They have the type of guys, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell that you mentioned, Boston Scott, um, and the receivers. Again, A.J. Brown is not a deep, vertical, explosive take off your the lid off your defense. Right now, Devontae Smith is, but they have the offense that they can design a quick, efficient quick game passing game to help Jalen Hurts out to improve his accuracy to improve his efficiency to move the football through the air that way as opposed to everything being intermediate and deep and because of that I think a lot of people think hey you know what Dak maybe a little regression second half of last year Cowboys lost Amari Cooper Still a lot of questions about Ezekiel Elliott and so on and so forth. The Dallas offensive line, yes, they just signed former Eagle Jason Peters. A lot of people think the Eagles can win the division. And guess what, Pete? At 9-8 and eight last year, 
really 9-9 nine and nine if you include the playoff game. Mm-hmm. Two consecutive blowouts, though, on that defense. Remember, they got their doors blown out for whatever it mattered in Week 17 or Week 18, I guess, Game 17, against the Cowboys. And then in that playoff game, again, clearly they needed upgrades on defense. I think they get enough upgrades on defense. I think Jalen Hurts is just good enough to get them to where they need to be. I'm, I'm going to jump the gun here and go uh, – not jump the gun – I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Eagles to win the division against my probably better judgment, just because I feel again they have the better team overall at least at the start of this year on paper and in reality than the Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys. They may not have the better quarterback. They may have quarterback number three, but I think because of everything else that they have cooking around them, I think they can get away with Jalen Hurts more than say, another team that didn't have the surrounding infrastructure. And I think that was a big part of what Howie Roseman tried to do this offseason. In terms of the division, I I agree with you. I think it's the best roster. And until I see Dallas put more pieces together uh, offensively around Dak and C.D. Lamb, how they utilize Elliott and Pollard, which I do believe you can still be successful with. Parsons is terrific, as we saw on the defensive side. Lawrence is still there. So getting after the quarterback is going to be uh, a significant defensive stat for Dallas. They're going to be able to do it. The question ultimately, uh, will Trayvon Diggs still be the guy that uh, makes a big play but gives up a big play in the secondary? How the rest of the Dallas secondary plays uh, will be, uh, I think, critical Uh, Now that Philadelphia has improved its air game, Washington has improved its air game. So that now becomes a focal point in Dallas uh, as well with me. But I do believe the depth of the roster in Philadelphia is better uh, than both of their NFC East counterparts that expect to challenge. Uh, I think the Giants are not necessarily going to be a pushover this season. They're going to be a pain in the you-know-what. They may not win, but they're going to make you earn the victory as they did uh, last year, and I think they're just going to be better prepared this year. I do. I'm a big Brian Dable guy. I believe Brian Dable will make them better, whether they have the personnel ultimately overall to do that in this first season. Uh, certainly will be a consideration there. But I'll, I'll be in agreement with you. I'll take Philadelphia to win the division uh, as well uh, over Dallas, Washington, uh, and the Giants here in the NFC East. Let's move to the NFC North. Because we're going to save our commanders final pick yes. for for yes. tomorrow, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, in terms we, of record. Are we going to Okay, in terms of record, are we going to Because do, we're we're saying they're not going to win the division. Right. Are we doing divisions and wild cards and Super Bowl today? Yeah. Okay, just making right. sure. Right. But make final sure. record yes, for the I commanders think, that's fine. tomorrow. Cuz we're going to talk with Kevin Sheehan. you and I'll yes. be all with Kevin Sheehan tomorrow morning. That'll be a hell of a discussion for 25 minutes to finish the show there. Yes. Uh, talking about NFL predictions and stuff like that. Let's go to the NFC North. I'll start here. This this was a this is a division where you have to keep yourself from buying in to the hype of other teams. Namely to me the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Okay? They are still loaded offensively. You could do a lot worse in this league than lining up every week. And again, if the Vikings here's here's I love this analogy. If we're going to play a 7 on 7 tournament, out Long Beach, California, uh, and I roll up with Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook. 
I'm hanging around. Pretty damn good. I'm going to hang around for a while on the weekend. Mm. I'm going to win a few games with that group. Now, ultimately, though, football is played by more than just four guys. So you have to you have to keep yourself from just assuming because Kevin O'Connell is taking over that the offense is going to be even greater, which it could be, that the team may be even better with a fresh voice in the room. And if you can do that and you can separate yourself from the fact that the Green Bay Packers still have what on paper is a I'm not know if I, I don't want to I don't want to I don't know if I want to say elite, but it's mm-hmm. a pretty damn good defense. They still have Aaron Rodgers. I think Christian Watson's going to be very effective and they have two terrific running backs to control the football with and reduce the wear and tear on Aaron Rodgers as well. Bakhtiari's allegedly ready to go here game one, which helps that offensive line. And to me, because of all of those factors, I just think the Green Bay Packers are still the best team in the NFC North. Will they go 13-3 and for a third straight year? We can debate that if you want, but I still believe they're the team that ends up with the best record in the NFC North and wins that division. All right, so you got Green Bay. I'm going to... Uh-oh. He's going for former Washington assistant glory, everybody. Sound the alarm. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Another Washington assistant coach about to get some glory from Chris Russell. (laughs) I'm going to fall into the trap. He did it. I'm going to fall into the trap. He's in the quicksand. Captain Kirk, baby. Call 911. Chris is in quicksand. Let's go, KOC. Ben Katwika. Guest of this radio program, special teams coordinator in Minnesota, and as well, They're you give me sucked by the way last year, so I hopefully it'll be better. You give me the addition of Zedarius Smith, a pretty Jordan Hicks as well. You have Eric Kendricks. I know Anthony Barr is still not there. Uh, I understand Daniil Hunter was banged up last year. Hopefully, he'll be a little bit healthier. I, I understand their defense is not great. Their secondary is still. Shaky, but I can, I, I, you know what? You can do worse without Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, uh, Dantzler. I worry a little bit about certainly on the other side. Don't forget they spent their first round pick on uh, on Lewisine from uh, Georgia, so you know he's going to help them out there. They used to have a great tag team duo uh, at safety. Hopefully they'll have one again to maybe cover up the other corner spot. You just illustrated the offense. I still worry a little bit about their offensive line, but Darisaw in year two, uh, Garrett Bradbury, a 19 first-round pick. Look, again, they're not great on the offensive line. I'm not suggesting that they are. They've got a couple of young pups uh, that were high-round picks uh, recently, including Ed Ingram uh, at right guard. I think the Minnesota Vikings, again, big – Look, Dalvin Cook got to stay healthy. We all know that. Thielen struggled to stay healthy. Justin Jefferson's awesome. They just acquired Jalen Rager for a third receiver look. K.J. Osborne is still there. They've got a decent place kicker. To me, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings to win that division. Mm. Uh, and, look, I, I know I know, I can look bad um, in, in the end, and maybe I'm putting too much faith in Kevin O'Connell, and maybe I'm putting too much faith in the Minnesota Vikings uh, and, and Kirk Cousins, but I do believe a breath of fresh air there was absolutely needed. Mike Zimmer was 
old, worn, tired, whatever. Kirk Cousins and he did not get along. We've seen reports of that. We've seen evidence of that. I believe the the Minnesota Vikings lost a bunch of games last year, Pete, that they should have won that were close, that they lost on either special teams or late game defensive collapse. I believe they start to reverse that, and I believe it starts this Sunday against your pick, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at – U.S. Bank Stadium. I think the Minnesota Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers, go to 1 0, then beat the Eagles in week two in Philadelphia. Oh, get off no. to the 2 0 start and roll. Roll in the FedEx field. Week nine, November 6th at 7 and 2. Wow. How about that? Somebody call 911. Russell is under the influence of hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> I wow. got the Vikings winning the division, baby. But I applaud your ability to go out uh, and do something different. All right. Wow. You look, 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 KC Masterpiece is a barbecue sauce, not football, because you're you're banking on your boys. I, I, okay? I, I am a little bit, you're, which is dangerous, which is dangerous. Now, we got to get to the South and the West coming up after the yep, break. Okay. We got a, NFC East so far. Me, Philadelphia, and the Packers. Russell with Philadelphia and the Minnesota Vikings. We'll trend to the NFC South coming up next. It's Russell and Medhurst doing our league-wide preview right here. We're live on the Team 980 and streaming live for free around the world on the Odyssey app. Elite guitar play from 1976. Yes, 1976, ACDC fans. Look it up on YouTube. There's a great video of them playing this song. They're on, like, the Australian version of American Bandstand. And and watching the people dancing in front of the stage is a show. But it's great. 1976. That's how old this song is. Crazy to believe that. Russell and Medhurst. I was six in 1976. Picking up sticks. Riding my bike that I bought at the... I'm not sure it was a Purple Heart thrift store, but it was a thrift store in Chevrolet, Maryland. Right on 202. Across from the fire department. And it had one of those things on the back uh, where you can lean back on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was cool because I was the only kid in the neighborhood with that. And then, of course, right across the street in front of my friend Michael Shover's house, I go speeding out of that court onto the main road, and I hit some loose sand, and I went down. Biker down. It was hurt. I hurt myself because that backrest didn't stop me from falling. Mm. I fell down to the ground hard. Chris. But you recovered. Because you're a tough guy. I, t- I was a tough guy. I got I'll up. I'll be a tough guy. I went running in the house. Ah! Give me some back teen, Mom. Ten minutes later, I was back out there. Have you ever had stitches? No. no. Well, I guess technically when I had my surgery well, on my yeah. neck, yes. Right, okay. But, you know, otherwise, no. Not for a cut like, or anything yeah. like that. I've only had butterfly stitches one time. You know how? Playing uh, backyard football. Of course. Right? 
no helmets or anything like that. That's right. We're real men. I was the ball carrier. I tripped over one of those tree stump uh, roots that are, are hard to see, right? You know, into, do you remember how, like, old school now, how people used to have, like, cellar basement doors that would open, like, that would open up, like, uh, with, with the doors in the ground, basically, and they had cement around as the foundation of the cement doors, not like a, a door, a regular door that you would walk through or after going downstairs, which is common now. It used to be these like dual opening cellar doors, uh, and nobody could see what I'm doing except for Matt and Pete. But anyway, the point of the matter is it had cement basically as the surrounding foundation. I went clonk almost right in my eye, or actually it was this eye, almost in my eye into the corner of the cement. Somehow, it missed my eye. Somehow, I only had to get butterfly stitches instead of real stitches. To the NFC South we go. Look, uh, Pete's not interested in praising me as the the football warrior that I was. I said you're a tough guy. (laughs) I said you're real men because you said playing without a helmet on. I know. It's just easy. Okay, I'm just good at moving moving the show along. Um, The NFC South, by default... I would say if you if you had 100 precincts reporting, 89% of the precincts are taking Tampa Bay here. Now, offensive line injuries do open the door a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. Uh, to the other teams to make some headway because you don't know how effective week-to-week the offense may be. There may be some weeks where the offense is a little bit of a struggle right. uh, for Tampa, but they've got enough people uh, to really make life miserable for the opponents. And the ultimate question for me, Chris, some people do like the Panthers to be on an uptick take with Mayfield over Darnold. Mm-hmm. Falcons, you just don't know where they're going with Mariota and or Ritter at some point during the course of the year. And the Saints are the ultimate wild card here because Jameis is going to make it back. Michael Thomas at mm-hmm. some point here is going to probably be effective again. He says he's hoping to be better than he was in 2019. Ironically I, I enough, that's, that happens, that's three but, years ago, yeah. Mike, but uh, I hope you're right. But the loss of Sean Payton mm-hmm. and his brilliance – and feel for play calling on offense. Anybody can call plays, Chris, but Sean Payton was an elite play caller because not only did he de- design good offense, but he had an innate feel for what to call at the right time uh, throughout his career with New Orleans. And now you go to a guy that's a complete 180 in Dennis Allen as the head coach of the Saints. Right. And that's why you just don't know what you're going to get from New Orleans. They're the ultimate mystery team, I believe, if not only in the South, maybe the entire NFC this coming season. Thoughts on the way the NFC South shapes up? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like, I know New Orleans is getting a lot of love. I, I don't see it. They lost Teron Armstead. They lost Marcus Williams in free agency. Sure, they've added some pieces like Tyron Matthew. I got it. I understand that. They still have some really good pieces uh, left over. Uh, you mentioned Jameis. I won't spend a lot of time on that. But he can be boom or bust. And we know that there's a lot of boom. But there is some bust in big spots. Now, they do have a dependable backup, which they did not have last year in Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. I don't know what's going on with Alvin Kamara. He got in all this trouble in Las Vegas during the offseason. We haven't heard a peep. We haven't heard anything about last I heard the NFL that, suspending Yeah, him. I mean, the last I heard is everything was being tabled until after the season. Okay. In terms of the legal issue. Part. That helps. That helps from an NFL suspension situation but for me pete there's too many questions 
about New Orleans. They lost already uh, their 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 first round uh, uh, pick. Um, uh, Trevor Pen- uh, uh, Trevor Penning, right? Now, they thought he was going to be out for the entire year. I guess they got some good news uh, that he might be back, you know, at some point midway-ish, maybe two-thirds of the way through the season. They do have Chris Olave. I got – like, I like some things about New Orleans, and I might just pick them from one of my wild-card teams as a little tip. I just don't like them enough to win the division – even though the whole Tom Brady situation is messy and scary and whatever, because I do think that there's a lot uh, going on. Like, we we had heard some things about Tom Brady and Giselle before it actually came out in page six in the New York. I think there's a lot of distractions there. You got Godwin coming off the injury. No Gronkowski. You know, can Leonard Fournette play off Lenny, carry the way? Another, can Todd Bowles in his second crack as a head coach? No Indomitian Sue. I think there's questions, legitimate questions about the Bucs. I'm worried a little bit, but I think the Bucs are the best team in that division, so I'm going to pick them to win the division. I would agree with you by default that they will win the division. They have more elite players, and ironically, it's on the defensive side. I, I think the Buccaneers' defense is legit. Yeah, uh, That group is fantastic, and they will win – a lot of those games because of their defense. It may not necessarily be because of Tom and Leonard Fournette and mm-hmm. Mike Evans each week. Well, they they like to they like to blitz a lot, right? They, which they, put which puts your guys in one on one situations, sure. and and there is some concern, at least for mm-hmm. me, that you know guys like Sean Murphy Bunning, uh, who was banged up late last year, Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, all those guys, whether they can constantly hold up if the if the blitz and the aggressive nature of Todd Bowles' defense can't get home, the thing that I look, and I say especially inside the division, Pete, is they should be able to get home against Carolina, not a great offensive line, not a great quarterbacking situation, although Baker's certainly better uh, than anything they had against Atlanta. And then the real question will be against New Orleans. But again, New Orleans having lost to Ron Armstead and then already penning for much of the year, I want to believe that Tampa can get home with that defense more consistently to help out some of their shakiness, if you will, on the back end. Meanwhile, the NFC West is an intriguing, intriguing division. I think there will be two distinct camps Mm -hmm. here in the NFC West for most observers. But, you know, Rams, as the with the hangover of winning the championship last year, and they had several good bounces mm-hmm. along the way in the postseason last year that kind of worked out their way and went their way. They made plays in clutch moments when they had to. Sometimes they got a bounce or two uh, when they needed it during the course of the season. To me, there's two distinct camps here. 49ers-Rams and then Cardinals, Seahawks, whatever. In fact, might be three. Rams and and 49ers are on the top shelf. Mm -hmm. Arizona's on the next shelf. Mm -hmm. And then the Seahawks are somewhere in the basement by themselves. That makes sense to me. Ultimately, though. But but then you got (laughs) to... Ultimately. You got to figure out whether, like you said, the Rams have... um, you know, a little bit of a come, a little bit of a comeback, if you will, to earth. It's, but it's not like they were great in the regular season last year. I mean, they were good, but they weren't great, right? So I'm saying though, things kind of every bounce kind of aligned for them mm-hmm. late in the year when they needed it, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
So the question ultimately is, do the defending champions rise to the occasion again, or does the young signal caller in San Francisco with the tutelage of Kyle Shanahan find a way to dethrone the division champions in the NFC West? I say yes. Wow, so you're going with the 49ers. I'm going to go with the 49ers in the NFC West. I like that. That's a ballsy pick. I am I am a Trey Lance believer. I think at times early in the season, it's going to look chaotic, mm-hmm. uh, just as it did early in the season for Robert with Kyle. Mm-hmm. But they figured it out. And I think Trey Lance has every bit the ability of Robert and maybe even more. So I'm – I'm going to depend on Kyle and Trey Lance to find a common ground and find a way to be effective. I think the defense is is worthy of championship level. So they've got an elite pass rusher. You need that. They've got that piece. So I think the 49ers have every bit the ability. Think of all the injuries they incurred last year, and they were still a playoff team. They were still a playoff team. I think the young fellow might even be able to raise things up a notch by that time in the season for San Francisco to edge out the Rams for the NFC West Championship. And for whatever reason, the 49ers have the Rams, you know, they 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 are not afraid. In Correct. fact, it was a San Francisco home game Correct. when they played in L.A. last year. Correct. Twice so, late in the year. The yeah, NFC, so I mean, cha- NFC Championship and the final yeah, game of so, the season. You know, the, the 49ers have no fear of the guys with the uh, bright yellow and blue uh, uniforms out there in L.A. Have no fear is a a great way to say it. And you know what? This might surprise you. I'll make this quick. I'm going with the 49ers as well. Oh, look at that. However, we agree. However, there's a caveat. I think Trey Lance starts the year. Oh, he's got a. He's got a caveat. Gets either benched or injured, and Jimmy G stays the year and leads the 49ers to not only the playoffs again, but a division title. That's my caveat. So while you're more of a believer in Trey Lance, and again, remember, Trey Lance got to stay healthy too. He wasn't healthy last year. He got banged up. And when you don't know exactly what you're doing at quarterback – you tend to run more, which means you tend to get injured more. Now, Jimmy G gets injured a lot, too. But I think Jimmy G, with more time to recover, knowing Trey Lance is the starter, maybe not the same pressure. Maybe he's fresher in January. I don't know. I think Jimmy G gets the job done. So we're both going with the 49ers as the NFC West winner. Um, and then we'll get to our three wild card teams right in the nfc before we jump over to the afc and again we're saving our commander's record projection now you might hear the commanders as part of the wild card picture you might coming up but we're saving our commander's record projection and statistical over-unders and all that stuff for tomorrow right still to come we've got our look at the afc we'll give you the wild cards we'll give you the Whole playoff picture overall. But to to recap, Russell and I both have Philadelphia in the East. I have Packers. He has Vikings. We both have the Bucs, and we both have the Niners, though he has a caveat of Jimmy G taking over and leading the Niners to the division championship. Our AFC divisional previews are coming up next right now. Chris tells us what's trending. 
All right. The Washington Commanders were expected to practice later this morning, just before noon, but they've moved it up because there was a temporary power outage in the main part of the facility. Uh, and then they got the power back and everything's okay in there, but they still decided to have the practice earlier. So they are just hitting the practice fields now. Our first injury report of the season yesterday that the team had to turn in. Only Cameron Curl was out. He was seeing a doctor. Don't know the status of him moving forward. We'll get a better idea again moving forward. Uh, today's practice and Friday with more injury reports to come. Cam Sims, Logan Thomas, Cole Turner all were limited. Uh, and the Washington Commanders getting ready to host the Trevor Lawrence-led Jacksonville Jaguars. Trayvon Walker as well coming to town. He is going to cause some problems for that defensive or for the offensive line. Should say kickoff 1 o'clock. Of course, extensive coverage right here on the Team 980 all week and on game day. We got you covered. Meanwhile, if you're a Maryland Terps fan, and why wouldn't you be? Mike Loxley was our guest at 945. If you missed it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980. They visit the 0-2 Charlotte 49ers pregame coverage starting Saturday here at 2.30. Nats wrapping up a four-game set today in St. Louis after the ninth-inning debacle last night. 12.45 for Nats on deck. 115 first pitch. Josiah Gray on the bump on 106.7 The Fan and the Nationals Radio Network. And that's what's trending. All right, the NFC is out of the way. Philadelphia for both of us. I like Packers. He likes Vikings. Bucks and Niners for both of us. Wild cards coming up. We'll turn our attention, by the way, to the AFC. The American Football Conference. At one time, it was Dick Enberg, Merlin Olsen, Charlie Jones. They had great play-by-play guys on NBC back in the day. Did you notice the tune that Matt played back? Yes. Welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games. Isn't that what they call the Cincinnati Bengals? Oh! The, look, those all-white Bengals uniforms mm-hmm. with the black mm-hmm. uh, stripes cool, right? up the pants side was one of the sweetest all-white uniform. I'm not a huge all-white uniform Penn State-like guy, mm-hmm. but that was a fantastic with the white helmet and the tiger stripes. Give me some more of that. Hook me up to an IV of that in my veins. All right. Give me some more of that. Get me a Joe Mixon 28 white Bengals I love it. All right, so are we doing the three wild card teams in the NFC before moving on to the AFC, or are we going to do the division winners in the AFC and then do all the wild card teams separate? I would say do the AFC division winners, and Let's then we'll make people. We want people to wait for the playoffs. Let's we want to. We want the people to build up some anticipation mm. for who we think will make the will playoffs. One of us have the Commanders as one of our wild card teams. Hmm. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I will divulge that in the 11 o'clock hour. All right. Sounds good Keep to me. Keep it tuned right here. All right. So, AFC East? Yes. I mean, listen, 
I I really like what Miami is doing. I love Mike McDaniel. That's my guy. Um, I'm not a huge Tua fan. I think in that offense, Tua can be very effective because you have two guys in both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell that can turn a four-yard quick smoke, screen, tunnel, shallow drag, whatever it is, into 70 and make Tua look really, 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 really good. I know there's been plenty of issues, plenty of questions about whether he can connect on the long ball. That was not necessarily Dude, Jerry his Wright, problem look, at Alabama. Jerry Rice and John Taylor did that for Joe Montana yes, religiously. exactly. Okay. But but the long ball wasn't necessarily Tua's problem at Alabama, was it? I mean, oh. as a matter of fact, that game-winning uh, touchdown he threw in overtime for the national yeah. championship win was a bomb. Yep. It was staying healthy. So can Tua stay healthy beyond a rebuilt offensive line that includes Taron Armstead? I think the Miami Dolphins are a really, really good team this year. But do you have the intestinal fortitude I, to pick them over the Buffalo Bills is the question, Chris Russell. I do not. That's the problem, and that's where I was leading. That's intelligence I do on not, your part. Because Buffalo is more advanced. They have the better quarterback, obviously. Um, even though they lose Emmanuel Sanders – I think they have enough weapons. We, we, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, you know, uh, uh, Stephon Diggs, all of that. Uh, Dawson Knox, who just got the contract extension. Gabe um, Davis. Uh, Gabe Davis. I, I worry a little bit about them being able to run the ball consistently, meaning non-Josh Allen division. But Buffalo is good enough for me on both sides of the football. Uh, and even though even though they had a disaster with the punter, they signed the kid from Denver, who's a pretty good punter. They'll be fine. Buffalo. Great home field advantage. They win the AFC East for me. And for you, it Let sounds... Me, my only question about Buffalo coming into this season, because mm-hmm. they're going to get White back on defense at some point, which is going to help. Right. He's out for the first four games right. minimum, That's right? That's what I'm saying. They're yep. going to get him back at some point. Right. Ken Dorsey taking over the play calling for Brian Dable. How much... Because Brian and Josh Allen seem to be in lockstep with each other. Mm-hmm. Brian really had something going there. I don't know if we can underrate a switch it offensive coordinator until we see it. It's a good question. But I mean, Dorsey was the quarterback's coach, that's so true. that helps, right? Still, Same guy in-house, but as I said, certain play callers, and I think Dable is one of them, because if you go back to his time uh, with even at Alabama with Nick Saban, Brian Dable is one of those guys that has that 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 innate ability as a play caller, he's got a great feel mm-hmm. for what's going on. Play callers can call plays, but do you have the the ability to call the right play at the right time? Do you have the ability to set up a play with the previous play? You know, thinking two, three plays ahead. That's what the brilliant offensive play callers mm-hmm. are doing. Mm-hmm. They're setting things up with previous play calls. Uh, that's uh, we just need to see it from Ken Dorsey with Josh Allen and Buffalo. The Bills roster is deeper. It's better, but Miami's going to be a factor uh, in that AFC East. But Buffalo probably wins it by a game over the Dolphins. All right, so we're both going Buffalo. Here's my concern. I need Buffalo to be be a better team than the one that lost 9-6 to Jacksonville last year. Absolutely. You do that this year, the Dolphins are going to make you sweat. Absolutely. Just, just Absolutely. You can't have those kind of clunkers. No, I mean, they happen, but you can't have those kind of clunkers. All right, a, uh, AFC – uh, North, AFC North, we bounced back with Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, so, do you have the Cincinnati Bengals winning the division? Christopher? Christopher? I do not. Ooh. 
I think this is going to be the best division race of them all. Mm. The problem for all of them is the race is going to be so good that it might be a division winner only, though I didn't quite lean that way overall in my selections. But I think this division is hell all year because I think Pittsburgh's going to be better than people think. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I don't think he'll have a losing season. I don't think he'll have a losing season. I think this division race is going to be fantastic. The storyline of the division is how do the Browns navigate the first 12 without Deshaun Watson. That's a good football team. First 11. First 11, rather. Sorry, yeah, because on appeal he got back to 11. If if he – if they just – Re, if they're seven and four after eleven, this division becomes exactly what I think it's going to be, and that's the key. There, the Browns hold the key to this division being what I think it's going to be, based on how they play in those games without Deshaun Watson. But I think Baltimore and Cincinnati, because it's impossible to think Baltimore can have all those injuries again, and they were right there. They were right there, despite having a woeful offensive line, injuries in the secondary galore, and of course they lost Lamar. And they were still just one win away from making it to the postseason. Give me the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North Ooh. in a very close one-game one game scenario. They beat the Bengals by a game in the division. How about that? I like that little bit of a ballsy pick there in Baltimore. Well, I'm going to go with the non-ballsy pick. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Listen, I mean, I- I'm not telling you that the Bengals are – unbeatable. Certainly, I respect everything you just said about the division, but because of the instability at quarterback both in Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, and uh, to be honest with you, for me, in Baltimore, I'm not a big Lamar Jackson believer. I don't think he's a progressing quarterback. I think he's a health-wise and as a passer somewhat regressing quarterback. Because of the quarterback instability in all three of those areas, I go with Cincinnati, assuming That Joe Burrow stays healthy, and that has been an issue. That has been an issue, and that is something I worry about, but I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, coming up after 11 o'clock here, we'll have our AFC South and West picks, and then we got to do the six wildcard teams, three each from each conference uh, before Dum Dum of the Day. we got a lot to do in our final hour. And another college football coach just got rich. All that and more coming up in the next hour right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.